Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Lady Mouse. Lady Mouse. Hey ladies, uh, this is Nancy Plum here with a special episode of Lady Mouth. Well, all of our episodes are special, but, and I consider everyone I speak to beyond special. And today I'm honored to speak to my friend, Jenny Moon. She unfortunately, uh, well, I'll let her tell you. Uh, Jenny, hi, how are you today? Good morning. Thank you for having me. The honor is all mine. Um, What you have experienced, I feel, should really be spoken up about and not afraid to be spoken up about. And um, before we start, uh, Jenny, how did we meet? Uh, We met through a mutual friend. Um, My husband had a coworker by the name of Stephanie and um, Stephanie and my husband click. They're good friends, and we've become friends with Stephanie and uh, and um, by proxy with you. Yay! And unfortunately, we've only hung out once, but I'm hoping we could we could you know maybe that you know we were talking this year for Steph's birthday. Let's uh, let's get together and do something. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I miss you, and um, it's been a long. Uh, And I just, you know, I've said this before in conversation, it's just because of what happened, I, you know, I figured you and your husband, you know, you need your space. And I just, I, I wanted to send my love and support from afar and and just, you know, talk when you were ready to talk because, you know, it's, we've only met once. And even though we have an online relationship, I'm not in, you know, I just, I wanted to stay back until we can talk again. You know what I mean? Is that weird? No, it's not. Um, and, and I've experienced that with a, a lot of people. And, and I think uh, parents who lose a child, um, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a struggle to um, keep your relationship with your partner, let alone your relationship with your friend. And sometimes there just isn't the energy to do it. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, when we first heard about Skylar, um, I just gave you and Sean my number and said, use it if you need to. So I just figured that was going to be my stance. Like, mm-hmm. but again, what if, you know, hopefully as we get to hang out more, um, <clears throat> hopefully you'll, I will, I will be one of your ride or dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about Skylar. Um, why don't you start? Well, we're 
we're talking today because um, on December 17th, we lost Skyler. He died by suicide. Um, he was living in our house. Um, my husband found him and um, my family makeup um, included Skyler, who at the time was 23, my 20 year old daughter who was away at college and my 11 year old twins that were in the dining room, getting their backpacks and jackets on, getting ready to go catch the bus that morning. Um, we've had a lot of healing to do as a family. We have a lot of time together. We had a lot of things to sort out physically and emotionally uh, because he was such a presence in our home. Um, but also, you know, it's a loss that I, as his mom, I, you know, people say you can never understand it till you go through it. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think so too. I mean, obviously it's a mom's scariest, one of the a mom's scariest nightmares. And, you know, we all think about what happens if my kid dies. And, uh, and like you, uh, you know, Skylar was diagnosed with Asperger's and, you know, I, and I know that with that comes understanding issues with your child and you know my 12 year old morgan she's you know in the spectrum as well and after our initial talk about about skylar and his 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 spectrum disorder and how it contributed to his death really scared me even more and um it's funny because when remember when you we both agreed we're doing this you said it's going to be scary and I, I was thinking, you know, I mean, I do a lot of death work, you know, hospice and, and stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I could take it. But when you mentioned about the, the autism spectrum being a factor in it, that's what really scared me, I have to say. And I think that, you know, in, uh, as parents of kids that have a different way of learning, um, with Asperger's or the high functioning autism that um, we make some really, really tough decisions from yeah. the time they're diagnosed onward. And, and we want, we talked about this before, we want as much support from the school system as possible to help them be successful in school. And looking back on it, the struggle with that is how much is too much? And what happens when they separate from the school and they age out of some of those other programs? Are they being taught the right coping skills? And just, just like, you know, my son never had separation anxiety, which is classic autism. He never cried when I left him at the babysitters. I would have loved for him to do that. Um, Emotions don't always come through the way that a neurotypical expects them to. And so with Skylar, what I've come to believe, and it's only a belief because I will never have the answers, yeah. at least in this lifetime, is that he was very depressed and his depression was coming through his anger. Yeah, that's, that's rough. And I'll... What was it like 
the day before the, you know, it was a week before Christmas and what you were watching a goofy, one of your goofy Christmas movies, right? Um, it was, you know, it was a, 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 about a week before Christmas. It was three days before Marin was coming home from college. I was so excited about having all four of my kids in the house again. Um, we had baked Christmas cookies on Sunday. I had done meal prep. I did 10 meals and put them in the freezer. Um, we had spent Saturday doing a little Christmas shopping, getting some Christmas haircuts. Um, Skylar babysat for us. We went to, um, Sean and I went to the movies and we went to an early dinner. And because we're getting to that age, we were home by nine o'clock. And like you said, we sat down and watched a movie. Um, with the boys and about 10 minutes into that movie, we saw, I saw an alert come through my phone that $60 had been charged to my discover card. And I thought, well, that can't be right. I was on a date, I didn't pay. And I got to looking at my discover card and I saw that $60 charge had come through every two to three days for the last 10 days. And I thought about it and 10 days prior, I had given my card to Skylar to buy an apology gift for his girlfriend who was bitten by our dog at Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, holidays. Holidays, yeah. <laughs> um, it was so exciting to, to, you know, be a mom of that age that got to host the girlfriend for Thanksgiving. You know, oh, I'm sure. What an honor. Um, and then there was the run-in with a dog and I, you know, I, I felt, I felt horrible. I called her, you know, we called her mom and we let her know we were taken to the ER and that we were doing everything we could to make sure she was okay. And she was okay. Um, but Skylar had changed his payment method on his accounts to my Discover card. And I don't think he realized it. And so in the course of 10 days, he spent about $400 on my Discover card Oh boy. And the charges were to Amazon games. It scared me. It upset me a lot. It upset Sean. We decided that we needed to take his electronics from him for the night. And we need to figure out what was going on. Yeah. So we did that. And we, um, on Sunday, the next day, Skylar and I, sat together and we we looked through his bank account for the past six months and you know the, the arrangement was Skylar lives with us he paid a hundred dollars a month in rent which was really sixty dollars for his auto insurance and forty dollars for his cell phone mm -hmm. and the rest of his money that he earned was to be saved for college or to help replace his car which was getting old and as we're looking at his bank account I figure out he's spent about $10,000 in six months on Amazon games, in-game oh purchases. I'm still floored by that. I, I'm just, I'm just devastated, you know, and, yeah. and I said to Skylar, Skylar, this is not what you want. Buying into these games doesn't do anything. There's no award in these games for being the best or spending the most money or having the best dragon village or whatever it was he was playing. Yeah. Morgan does the same thing to me. Yeah. And uh, so then we went to look at his grades. 
he had been dismissed from U Albany, apparently over a bill payment, but I don't I don't know if that's the true story or not. Mm -hmm. And I looked at his grades and any of the classes that he had completed at U Albany were related to English, which didn't match what he was telling us. He was telling us he wanted to go into criminal justice, which is another part of the story, but um, I won't go there again. Get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said to him, Skylar, why aren't you pursuing this? Why aren't you doing something with English? Why aren't you getting an English degree and figuring out what you can do with it? You're good at it. You love it. That's your passion. Pursue your passion. And um, I suggested to him, we were sitting at the island together. I suggested to him, Skylar, why don't you talk to my life coach at my EAP through my work? And, and he very sternly looked at me and said, would it help? He was just so angry. He was yeah. just so angry. And we had an early dinner. Um, I went to bed a little bit early. I had said to Sean, Sean, are you going to talk to him? And he said, yes, yes, I'll talk to him. And um, we talked to Skylar about getting up. Our furnace uh, was new, but it had a, it had a, function that wasn't working on it and the service repairman was coming at 8.30 in the morning. And Skylar was gonna get up and meet them because we all left at 7.30. And so we had breakfast in the kitchen. Skylar's bedroom is off the kitchen. We got ready for work. We got ready to leave and we decided to go wake up Skylar. And Sean went into the bedroom to wake him up and Skylar wasn't in his bed. And, and Sean found Skylar in the closet he had used a piece of rope that he'd found in the garage. Oh. And my six foot four son had enough determination to end his own life that he used a four and a half foot bar to do it. Wow. Oh my God. Um, Sean came out of the bedroom calling on God, oh. you know, saying, oh God, oh fuck, oh God. And I just looked at him and I said, we need 911, don't we? And he said, we do, but it's too late. Oh, God. And I sent the boys to my bedroom and closed mm. the door. Yeah. And um, between the two of us, we managed to call 911. And uh, I told the boys that Skylar had hurt himself. How I didn't, old were the twins then? They were 11. Oh, God. They were 11. They'd spent Saturday with their brother. They'd spent Saturday watching movies. He sent me an amazing picture of the three of them together wearing their Bah Humbug Christmas hats. Oh. Um, he loved his brothers. Um, yeah. We did, because of our family size, because my kids have always had jobs since they were 16 on, we didn't want them to feel like they had to spend their money on Christmas presents for everybody. You don't have to buy me something nice and your dad something nice. So we exchanged names. We've done that for years. And Skylar made a big deal that year about buying for everyone. He found a vintage Hess truck for Devin. And he bought Carter, one of the really big Nerf guns that Carter's always wanted. Yeah. Um, what did he get you? <laughs> he, he got me um, two things. He got me Hotel Transylvania, <gasps> the three-pack, because oh. we love that movie together. We watched <laughs> all three of them together. That's really and, sweet. And he bought me a mug that said um, something about mom, mom of a Dalmatian or I, I, Dalmatian mom or something like that. Do you like Dalmatians? 
Oh, I have a Dalmatian. My oh, Dalmatian. that's your dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, I hate that mug. I hate it with a passion. Do you? I don't want to be a dog's mom. I want to be Skylar's mom. I don't blame you. Do you ever think of breaking it to just release that anger? Um, no, it's still in its original packaging and it still sits on my dresser and I look at it every day. Yeah. I, I can't decide what he meant by buying it. Like, did he mean that I love the dog more than him or no, no. did he mean that no. he loves how I love his dog? <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide. So I, I think I can't break it. He was celebrating your love. That's what he was doing. Yeah. No, he doesn't think you love the dog more than him. I don't know. I don't know what he thinks. I I know that um I I I know that my son chose death over having us as his parents. I don't think that's true. I think, you know, because we've talked about it, uh, especially in autistic boys, it's hard. And there's so much anger. I mean, I could see it in Morgan. Yesterday, she asked me to buy her five things every hour. And when I'd say no, she'd get that pterodactyl screech. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, no. And it breaks my heart to tell her, I can't buy you everything ever, my love. It's, it's tough love all the time. It's, it's hard to be a parent of an autistic child. I, I told you that quote I heard where they said, they, we are akin to veterans with PTSD because we're always on alert. And it's scary. What's going to happen to our babies? You know, I don't know what's happening yeah. to Morgan. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I, let's talk. Go I know. I know that um, that Skylar had a scoutmaster who was on the spectrum. Okay. And and, and Skylar's scoutmaster um, thought the world of Skylar. Skylar was, you know, things that I might have been too cautious or protective to see him do, um, or that he wouldn't have done for me. He did for other people. He could take directions and paint a building, or he could take directions and dig a hole and put up a fence. Um, he was an amazing camper. He was an amazing scouter. He didn't finish as an Eagle Scout, but he finished just under Eagle as a Life Scout. Um, amazing. And it is amazing, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> and then I'll go back to the, to the Scoutmaster. Yeah. My twins are not in scouting, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I drove him to scout meetings every Monday night for years, and if there was nothing planned, they practiced rope knot tying. <gasps> Oh, God, Jenny. Yeah. Um, my boys cannot be involved in it. No. No, it might be too traumatic for them. Do they know how Skylar? They do. They do. Um, they know. I mean, I think they know a lot. They know um, after it happened. And just to go back to the Scoutmaster to finish that thought. Yeah, and yeah. Back to the boys. The, the Scoutmaster was, was autistic, uh, uh, high-functioning. He's an older gentleman. He's had a great career. It took him a long time to get his degree. He's married. He has a son. His son is also on the spectrum. His son is choosing to wash dishes at a Perkins or a Denny's or something like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's basically drinking all the time. Um, 
Oh, wow. But he saw a lot of potential in Skylar. And he came to talk to us after Skylar's death. And he told us that he runs a chess club in our town for youth. But he specifically invites kids on the spectrum to help them learn how to manage their thoughts and their minds. And to, his analogy was that their brain is the engine of um, a brand new Mustang, um, but their ability to cope is the body of a Datsun. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and he said that uh, he said that young men with Asperger's have a 31% higher chance of suicide. Oh, wow. And that, that was the first time I ever heard that. Um, we didn't talk about that in, in the school meetings. We didn't talk about that as we planned for his future. We didn't talk about that as he graduated high school. Um, we, we moved when he was in sixth grade and when we moved our new richer suburban district that we moved into had counseling in the schools. So we stopped with a private counselor. Mm -hmm that was a mistake we should have kept him at a, at a private counselor so he had that connection going forward the boys the boys have a counselor now they um we went to somebody who came highly recommended as a trauma-informed uh teen counselor um she met with the boys at their pace it started off once a week if they wanted um when they were ready, they dropped back to once every two weeks. Um, and they had separate sessions with her. Some I was in on, some I wasn't. Um, and <laughs> the boys, you know, Devin, Devin asked the first hard questions. Um, Devin, um, Devin felt the loss a little more acutely than Carter. Um, Part of our life with Skylar was crazy. We were living, um, we were coping. We had to install cameras in our house because there were occasions where the boys were home with Skylar for 15 or 20 minutes at a time before one of us could get there. They were too old for daycare in the afternoons. It was too expensive for 15 minutes a day, but we couldn't trust Skylar with them, not to lay a hand on them. For 15 minutes? Yeah. Wow. What, did he used to punch on them or? He would, he would do things like he would grab their necks and choke them. He would, he at one point shot one of them in the eye with a Nerf dart. He, um, he would just be very aggressive. Wow. And, and he would threaten them. If you tell mom and dad, then, um, you know, it's going to be worse next time. Oh, wow. And so having the cameras gave the boys a way to say, hey, you might have missed this on camera, but this is what happened. And then we could know. We had to hide food. Skylar would eat a whole box of crackers, a whole box of cookies, uh, the whole bag of chips, the whole bowl of fruit, anything that I bought to be able to pack lunches for the week. Wow. He was home by himself and he would eat it all. But I had to start hiding it. I had to start hiding the food in my linen closets and in my bedroom dresser and just so that I had enough food to feed the boys through the week. Wow. It was hard. At one point we thought about locking him out of the house unless we were home, taking his house key away from him. Oh gosh, that might have made him have a meltdown. 
Well, and the reason that we didn't is because what was I asking of him if I did that? Was he going to end up sitting at a bar all day? You know, yeah. where else was he going to be able to go? Um, so we were coping and we were encouraging. And I look back, I look back at my, at my texts and I see that Skylar and I talked about him finding a counselor back in June. Um, yeah. To talk to somebody. Um, but he was 22. I wasn't allowed to call and make him an appointment. I could stand over him while he tried to call, but I didn't do that. I felt like if I did that, he didn't really want to go. I gave him the numbers. I told him when to call, who to ask for, but I didn't, I didn't push it any more than that because I think he had to be ready for that. And, And the law made it so that I couldn't do any more than I did. Wow. And this is specifically New York state law. Yes. If you're over age 18, you, you, somebody else can't make you a counseling appointment. You have to make your own. I did not know that. I mean, even on his behalf, because of his special needs. They say that um, if you call their, their thought is if you call on their behalf, they're not really interested in the counseling and you can't compel them because they're of the age of majority. I see. Wow. Had had we known, I mean, if Skylar had, this is so awful to say, but if Skylar had failed at an attempt to take his own life and we had found out about it, we could have admitted him into a psych unit. Yeah. And then he could have gotten a lot of treatment that he probably needed and and the therapy or meds even. He failed at so many things he tried the first time. Oh, Jenny, don't. But he didn't fail at this. He was determined. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, from my own, I mean, I'm sure many of us have felt suicidal ideations. And, and that's something that they say, if you, you know, you're going to do it, you're going to do it no matter what you, you know. I, I do think looking back on it, that he tried on Saturday night. Really? Um, I, I went back to work right away. I, the, the week that he died was the week before Christmas. I felt very fortunate to have the support of employees and employers that I worked with, but I also felt like it was Christmas and they deserved to be with their family. I couldn't be with mine, so why aren't they with theirs? So I went back to work and I was at work and I was talking to a coworker one morning and she was telling me that her cat got sick on the floor. And then I remembered that I got up Sunday morning and there were no paper towels. And I said to Skylar, did one of the animals get sick? He said, no. I said, there's no paper towels. He said, I got sick. I said, you did? He said, yes. Oh, wow. I threw up on my bedroom floor. He said, the chicken you left us was bad. (laughs) It was my fault. He threw up. The chicken that I left them was bad. It wasn't bad. It was Tyson chicken tenders that he loved. <laughs> They're already cooked. That were already cooked. That were, <laughs> but whatever. Skylar, yeah. here's the shampooer. Clean it up better. Um, and I was a little bit mad that a 23 year old couldn't make the, you know, six steps to the bathroom and not be sick on his bedroom floor. And then when your coworker said her cat got sick. I put it together. I hadn't thought about it because so much had happened between then 
I really hope you don't blame yourself for not noticing. You don't, do you? No, I mean, I was, I was mad at him when he said that to me because I knew it wasn't my fault, but he was making it my fault. I was sick because of the chicken you fed me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the afterthought of connecting it, I, I just hope you didn't put any guilt on yourself. Like maybe I should have been able to, you know, no, I, what that was. you know, the, the first, the first night in the house without him, I couldn't, Sean and I, um, for months would wake up in the night, finding the other one crying. Oh, um, I'm sure. How, how is Sean now? How is Marin? I didn't, I asked about the twins. I didn't ask about Marin. Marin is, sister. Marin is angry at Skylar. I think, um, yeah. she was angry right up until the time we buried Skylar. Um, Skylar was cremated. Um, I never saw him after that Sunday night. I didn't see his lifeless body. I, um, do you think it would have even, I mean, I think, I think you, I think that's a good decision. I, I mean, I might, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but are you happy with the decision to well, not look at the, him? The decision was because of Sean. Um, Sean and I are celebrating 28 years together tomorrow. Oh my God, happy anniversary. <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt like if I saw Skylar like that, that I would have so much more to overcome in the healing process. Yeah. And it was enough that Sean had that, that I didn't need to bring that into our relationship. Yeah. I can't imagine when Sean first saw him, the the shock and and how that first shock might never go away from his brain. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't know if he's told you anything about that, but he, um, he hasn't. Um, I, I did ask what Skylar was wearing because I, I wanted to know what he was wearing. Um, I looked. Skylar was so handsome. Um, he looked just like Sean. Oh my God. He did. He did. He was so his twin. They were yep. both. You know yep. me with redhead. Love them redheads. Oh. And I, I don't know when you've last seen the twins, but they look just like Skylar. Oh, I saw them on your Facebook. My God, they're growing so fast. And yeah, yeah they're, uh. they're, they're a head taller than me now. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, they're like but, 13. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, Skylar had size 15 shoes. You couldn't just go out and buy him a pair of shoes. You had to order them. Um, oh, I've, I've, told you know I've told Sean that he has to be in charge of the boys shoes because I'm not ordering again (laughs) Skylar Skylar had probably 30 pairs of jeans um that were you know size 34 36 longs that um we packed them all up and took them down to the city mission There, there was no point in keeping that stuff um, oh, I'm sure you kept some things, right? I I did. I mean, but things like that. But no, close, yeah. But. Yeah, I kept I kept his t-shirts. He had a lot of t-shirts. Um, he had a Far Cry t-shirt, and I just I don't know why, but that t-shirt when he wore it across his broad chest, he just was so handsome to his mom. 
Oh. And I looked for that Far Cry t-shirt for months. I couldn't find it anywhere. I didn't know if that was what he died in. Oh, no. Um, and then I found it inside a sweatshirt. <laughs> oh. It was like a gift back to me. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you keep it in your closet or your drawer? I don't. Um, you know, a lot of people um, from what I've read and heard and talked to other parents, mm -hmm. they, they can't stay in their home when their child dies. They move, yeah. they leave. It's too full of memories. It's too full of pain. But, but you for, didn't have that attitude. I didn't. I didn't. And, and the reason that I don't is because my boys have a support network here. I have fantastic neighbors. We're safe. Um, we talked about what to do with Skylar's room. And the first thing we did was before his service, I took that bar down. The bar was gone. Then um, we talked to the boys about what to do with it. And, and they wanted it to be a screen-free room. They, they picked up on the video gaming and the gaming is a contributing factor in Skylar's death his obsession with it, his almost gambling like addiction to it. That's an amazing insight on the boys part. It's incredible. And, and so we, um, we took the walls down, we took um, the closet out. Um, I had a vision for that room of having um, all of our books in one place. We had books everywhere in our house. We had books in the bedroom on the floor we had books in the laundry room on a bookshelf we had books on the front porch on a bookshelf <laughs> um, and, and now we have floor-to-ceiling bookshelves it, oh, it's my dream the room. It used to be i splurged on a couple of really nice rocker recliners Ooh. Um, and we moved the not rocker recliners swivel rockers but nice comfortable chairs we moved the boys desks from their bedroom downstairs into that room and um, we, uh, Sean picked out the color of the room. He picked out a sky blue. Um, oh. and, and so the room is very peaceful. Um, we use it as a study. Um, I've kind of taken it over, but um, there hasn't been school in months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's your room now. Yeah, but it took us, it took us about eight months to get there, to, to clean it all up and get there. Um, his, but you his, did it as a family. We did. His t-shirts are in the basement. Um, did you keep anything else of his? Any uh, like possessions? or? Skylar was a big writer. We found notebook after notebook of writing in his oh bedroom. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Do you ever think of publishing his writing? Or? Did you know that he had a book published? Oh, he did. No, I didn't. And I'll link that in the show yeah. notes. Um, the, the book's name is um, Slave to the Dragon King. Holy crap, um, what a title. And, and he sold about 3,000 copies. He started it, and I don't know the whole story, but he started it on Wattpad, um, and it was picked up by another publisher, and he was wow. given his contract, um, and the contract is for three years. So in October of 2021, we'll regain the rights to his book. Oh my gosh, and then you can sell it to any publisher you want. Right, right. 
Um, Skylar's girlfriend wanted that book. Um, she wanted us to sign it over to her. Oh, no, no, no. But no, that's, no. that's our legacy. That's, that's yeah. us. Um, that's yours. That's not his girlfriend's. Right. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to have an no, opinion about no, that. No, we, we had an opinion about it. And, and Oh, yeah. If some 20-something-year-old girl went to me and be like, can I have your son's book rights? I'd be like, excuse me? Did you no, say something? I, I did. Um, she she treated me like it was about money. And it, and, it, and it's not about money because it's not about as money. Well, he's only made about $1,000 off of this book. It's not about money. And if this bitch wanted to have his book because of money, then what kind of girlfriend was she to him? And have you ever thought about her contribution to his mental health? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just no, got mad about the no, book. You <laughs> know okay. me with books. I, I, I want to be understanding of her because... Um, you're better than me. Because this girlfriend had been friends with Skylar since kindergarten. We used to be neighbors. Skylar had another girlfriend in high school that challenged him and made him get out of his shell and brought some color into his life and was fantastic for him. And, okay. it, it, and he broke her heart. Um, he, he really did because he, he met Rebecca again and, and um, uh, it was easy and comfortable to go back to that with Rebecca. Rebecca was also on the spectrum. Rebecca didn't expect much from him. Um, you know, uh, the other girlfriend would get upset because Skylar wouldn't call back or Skylar would never make the plans. And um, part of me was like, yeah, that's Asperger's. And the other part of me was like, yeah, you get that from your dad. Um, but uh, but I, I think that their relationship, I, um, I don't want to judge her too harshly, but I think their relationship was convenient. I think it was Maybe comfortable. It was more companionship. And um, understanding. And, you know, just a little insight into Skylar. Like I said that he doesn't do anything right the first time, except for this. Ugh. When um, when she came to the service, she showed us a ring and she said that that was their promise ring. They were going to be engaged and they were going to get married. And I ironically found two other exact copies of the ring in his things. One was huge, like it must have been a size 10. <laughs> oh, what did he buy three different ones till it fit? Yeah, I think so. And the other oh. was really, really small. <laughs> like it might have oh. been size four. <laughs> what did you do with the rings? Did you the do you they're in yeah. his memory box. Oh, um, oh so you do have a memory box. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um you know, um, I, uh, it's, you know, Albany is small and, and things happen. And I was um, talking to another coworker at work um, earlier this summer uh, or earlier this, I guess, spring, I guess. We were talking about the kids graduating high school and she was telling me her son was 23 and that he went to Columbia. And I was like, oh, well, he must have graduated with Skylar. And she said, 2014 and I said no 2013 and then I offhandedly said oh Skylar's always going to be 23 for me he would have been 24 um and she said what do you mean and she didn't know that I had lost my son oh so she asked her sons about him did you know Skylar Sardi 
and her son sent back a message to her. They were texting while she was at work. And he said, yes, I did know Skylar. In fact, he's the reason I quit my job at FedEx. Oh, he, wow. worked, he worked with Skylar. And she, she said, did you not like him? He said, no, I think that company worked him to death. She <gasps> said, I don't think that it's um, any surprise that he took his own life the night before our busiest day. <gasps> wow. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have so much baggage to unpack on this, yeah. but it was really, really nice to be reminded that I wasn't the only cause. You aren't. And I, I know my big question here is, you know, how do you feel right now even? Are you still guilty? And I, I think you, as especially as mothers, we put all the guilt on ourselves. Of course, I, of course I'm guilty. You, you're a mom. You know that your job is to keep your child safe and to keep them healthy and happy and to meet their needs. And I didn't do that. I missed that. I lost something in there. And I'll always be guilty. Oh, you always did that. And you won't always be guilty. But it was his choice. It, it, it was absolutely his choice and i have to accept that it was his choice um and it might not have had anything to do with you do you ever think that no and i'll tell you why i don't think that okay i don't feel him i don't feel his presence i don't dream about him i want to so bad but i don't i understand and you think because of that that so you choose to say that we all believed in that. I mean, I definitely believe in spirits and reincarnation. So you think that because his spirit, technically, if his spirit would be with you, it would be a restless spirit, technically. And if he had just moved on smoothly, then you wouldn't see him as it feel him as a spirit. Do you ever think of that kind of, I can't think of the word, I'm sorry, yeah. that kind of I, condition? I, I think, um, I, mean, I think you to always some extent, have Skylar with you. Oh, I have him every single day. I mean, he's, there's, there's been times when I felt like if I thought about him this much when he was alive, he would still be here. Um, he's, he's everywhere. He's, um, you know, I, I told you this, we took the day off from work yesterday and I took the boys up for, um, I, you know, I put on my really good strict parenting hat and we had Sundays for lunch and I took the boys to the go-karts that they loved to ride and Skylar loved those go-karts. And as they're going around in the track, I, I you know, I can just for, an, for a minute pretend that Devin is Skylar. Mm. Um, and as they've gotten taller, I can just, you know, I, I can hug Devin and feel like I'm hugging Skylar. And it makes me cry because I don't want him to think that he's a substitute. I want him to know I love him because he's Devin. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, this is, moms have the worst guilt. We give the worst guilt to ourselves. I felt bad that I couldn't spend like $50 just yesterday to buy Morgan every little iPad add-on she wanted and yes I was like I'm a terrible mom because you and I told you about Morgan how sneaky she is when she doesn't get her way she either makes pterodactyl sounds or she fake bites 
to make it look like she's suffering or she's hurting herself. And then I kowtow because I'm the big pushover because my baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And And I think that's hard because with Asperger's, so many things don't go their way. It's hard so frustrated. not to spoil so them, <laughs> I know. Not, not to give them the things that make them happy that you can give. Uh, yeah. It's so hard during quarantine for her. She just wants to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. She asks me every day she gets her backpack, go to school. I'm like, no, baby, school's on Zoom for the summer. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. But no, because I, back to that question, I, I was trying to formulate that that in a succinct way, and I didn't. When you said you don't feel him with you as like a, or dream about him as a spirit, but don't you think that would mean that he had a smooth transition and that you did everything you could and he had no regrets? That's a really nice thought. I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I try to put the positive spin on things because, you know. It, it goes along with me thinking that um, a part of this was inevitable. Part of this was predestined. That I actually had a really good friend, somebody that I loved dearly, tell me that, that, that she had felt this was his destiny for a long time. Um, as I, hard as that was to hear, there is a little bit of truth in it. I, what kind of truth did you find in that? Because I, I don't necessarily believe in that. I think we are the captains of our fates and the masters of our souls. We make our destiny. So if, if it was Skylar's destiny, then he made it so. I don't think anyone could say that they feel someone else's destiny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I found comfort in her in her take on it that yeah um you know i think she saw it as life was hard for skylar she saw it as his his way of finding the peace that he needed and i hold on to that i hope he found the peace you know um we haven't talked much that's a great take on it he found the peace he needed and he didn't blame you for anything that that i could say i intuitively feel as an empath, I really feel that Skylar had no blame on you whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't know. Yeah. Is he wearing a white t-shirt and blue jeans right now? I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm a psychopomp and I just yeah. felt in my heart that he just said, I don't blame you, mom. Not trying to be like that, but. Yeah, I don't think he'd be wearing white. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I just saw a redhead in a white t-shirt and blue jeans, like in the fifties, like stand by me or something. Stand by me, Skylar. He he was absolutely an old soul. And I wouldn't be surprised if he came from the (laughs) fifties. He was, you know, he, he was, um, you know, of my four babies, he was the easiest. He was the smiliest. He, you know, you know, your first child is what makes you a family. Um, and, Oh God. Um, my first child ignores me right now because she's almost 14. Well, and she's in quarantine and she doesn't know what to do with all those hormones raging through yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't I, think she has hormones. We don't <laughs> talk about that. One, one time I was like, so are you attracted to boys or girls? She goes, I don't even know who I am yet. I'm like, 
that was the best answer you could have given me. You are the best kid ever. Yeah. Keep thinking that. Yeah. And that, that can be the case, but there still can be hormones that make the moods change and make them. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Um, luckily this weekend, uh, she's sleeping over her best friends. So we get a half a kid-free weekend. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. She misses her best friend. Her best friend and her are are dying without each other. So yeah, we're like, yeah, have a sleepover. (laughs) I was um, I was in the basement looking for, I don't remember what I was looking for. I was looking for some fabric, I think. I've been making masks for um, my sister's school. And I found, um, I found some things that were Skylar's. I found two things. I found his handprint from kindergarten. Um, and I also found the transcript of, um, the voicemail he left me from when he found out that the twins were boys. Um, oh, wow. And it was such an amazing message from him. And he was so excited and it was going to be great. And he stuttered through it. And I had transcribed it out to save it forever. And I just happened to run across the box with it in it. And it was such a gift back. Do you listen to it a lot? Um, I, I don't listen to it because, I, I like I said, I transcribed it. See that here's mine, Jenny. Sorry. Sorry to Okay, that wasn't too bad. But it's like that about ten times an hour. Yeah. It's and I, I try to be as understanding as possible, but sometimes you just gotta no. Yep. It's so hard with an autistic child. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. And uh and I I hate to say it's so hard because For me, people sometimes when they express sympathy to me, I'm like, don't express sympathy to me for having a child in the ASD. I I love her. There's nothing wrong with her. She's just who she is. She just goes at her own pace. Right. But she is a firecracker and she's very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It is. um, It is different. It is. um, You know, for Sean and I, we've, we've been alone here in the Albany area for um, about 25 years. Um, we've raised our family by ourselves without, you know, being able to call on grandma to sit when they're sick or, you know, things that family supports. Um, my sister and my parents are six hours away. Um, Sean's family is not, um, available to us. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been a blessing that, we've been so close. I think one of the, the one time that you were up here, we had talked about um, my obsession with Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we're supposed to make a Downton Abbey dinner. I say we should still do that. Do and, it. I, yeah. I did, I did Downton Abbey dinner for the five seasons that Downton Abbey was on. I missed the first season. Oh, we um, could do the first, we could do old school then. Old school. But I, I, you know, I researched it. I used um, British food in America. I used authentic recipes, not the, uh, the uh, recipe books that came out promoting Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, the authentic. You know, I, I'm with I, you there. I, um, and, and it was funny because it would happen in the beginning of January, like the middle of January when Downton Abbey came out for us in America. And um, Skylar said to me one time how much he loved Downton Abbey dinner because it was a fancy holiday dinner for the six of us 
how it should be, not like what we do at Christmas or Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That could have been a, the new tradition. In, in one of my favorite pictures of him and I, um, we're uh, dressed up at Downton Abbey dinner because I made them dress up. So for Skylar, it was a button-down shirt and a pair of jeans. And for me, it was kind Aww. of a 20s-looking shirt with a, you know, a white shirt with a black lace overlay. And we're cheering each other with the authentic chocolate mousse that I had spent hours making. Um, <laughs> and Ooh. and it, it um, you know, it's just a special memory with him. Um, That's lovely. I have another favorite picture of him. Um, we have an old house and a, a few years ago, Sean and I decided to put down um, laminate wood flooring in the, in the dining room and in living room. And it turns out that Sean and I do not do projects well together and that Skylar can't take instructions from Sean. So Marin was helping and I took Skylar to go get a rug to put under the dining room table. And we picked out this rug and our errand took 20 minutes, but there was no way I was coming back to argue with Sean or be in his way. <laughs> Skylar and I went to lunch together at a Chili's and we, we did a, a flight of, of beer and um, we just had a nice, you know, cheeseburger and fries and the beer. And afterwards, Skylar said, mom, you had two beers. You can't drive. So we ended up walking through the home goods store and <laughs> Michael's together till he was okay with me driving. I was fine. It really was. It was eight ounces of beer, but I humored him. I wanted That's to so be sweet. I love the rug. The rug is in the study. I bought something else to put under my dining room table. Um, but it was, a, it was a special memory. The rug that we brought home was wrong. Um, we had to take it back to the store and get the right one from, from Hug Fins. And um, we weren't allowed to take it back because Sean said it would take us another four hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. But I, I have a picture, you know, and it was it was so rare that the opportunity to do something one-on-one -on -one with my children presents itself you know a lot of times it was Skylar and Marin or it was Devin and Carter it was all of us it was very seldom one-on-one -on -one with me and Skylar more so with Marin Marin and I could go do the shopping or go find the you know the, the summer dress or the sandals or something like yeah that. your girls you're gonna girl yeah. out yeah um, Skylar, it was harder to connect with and, and we just, we did it that day and I, I cherish that memory. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. I, I, I love every memory I have with my kids. Good, bad, ugly. Like, I mean, luckily there isn't very many uglies here. No. A happy family. That's, that's great. That's all yeah. I can ask for. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that was my goal. Um, I wanted to see Carter and Devin thrive. I didn't want this to be their defining moment in their life. I, of course it changes their life, but oh, I yeah. didn't want them to grow up with incredibly sad parents. And Sean and I worked really hard with a forgiveness center in Troy um, to, to grieve this together, to understand it together and not to, you know, not to be off. We did it together, which was hard. Our insurance company didn't like it. They felt like it was marriage counseling and they didn't pay for that. Um, but it wasn't marriage counseling. It was grief counseling. counseling yeah. And, um, and I just felt like if we did separate counselors, if we went our own way, we would learn how to grieve differently. 
how are you supposed to grieve in your own way and get through this as a couple? And I see where couples break up for the loss of a child because oh yeah, you put up all the time. You put up barriers and walls, and it's not that they don't love each other; it's that they do love each other and they don't know how to. They don't know how, how to, to face each other or communicate. They don't know how to communicate, and and so what you do is you spend your time protecting your spouse from your feelings or protecting your spouse from their yeah. thoughts and 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 you know it took a lot of sessions for um sean to start being honest with me and not um not just say i'm trying to protect you or i want to protect you um it's great that he finally got through the barrier and you guys are celebrating 28 years. 28 now. years, yep. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, in, a, in a two weeks, my parents will be celebrating 47. Wow. 74, 46. 46, 46 years, yeah. Wow. On Robin Williams's birthday. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. My, my parents just celebrated, you know, 51 and, Ooh. you know, um, y- y- their their 50th wedding anniversary was four months after Skylar died. We wow. um, we couldn't let it go without recognizing it because of course it's- my parents are so amazing. My mother was there when he was born. She was in the room with us. Um, oh. Skylar was born under high trauma drama. <laughs> um, wow. I. I um, I had a, a kidney infection. I had a temperature of 105. I oh heard, my gosh. I had the doctor, the chief resident, another resident, a medical student. I had a pediatric unit of four people. I had four nurses in the delivery room with him. I remember them calling the crash cart to my room when my blood pressure went to 70 over 40. Luckily, it never crashed. Um, but she was there from the beginning. And I have She's always been there from the beginning. And, 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 and Skylar, you know, for all the separation that we have between us and Miles, Skylar loved my, my parents to pieces. I remember when he was about five or six months old, we met them at the door to our apartment building to let them in. And my mother had prepared herself that the baby wouldn't like her, or didn't know her, would be afraid of her. And Skylar saw her and leaned forward and ran his hand down her face and knew immediately oh. who she was. Oh, <laughs> oh that's beautiful. Um, Mom, take his death. She, um, she all right. How is she now? She, she struggles with it. It's surreal to her. She, she can't, you know, she can't grasp it at times. Um, I, I, you know, you have to notify people when your child dies and, um, Oh gosh, I can't imagine. You know, the, oh. I, I couldn't call her. I call her on everything, but I couldn't call her. So I I timed it out. You know, we found him about 20 after seven and I, my dad drives school bus and I knew that he would be done driving school bus about 7.50. So I called him at about 7.50 and I talked to him and I said, hey dad, where are you? And I was trying to keep it light, but he knew something was wrong. And he said, I'm about a mile from home. And I said, well, we need to talk for a minute when you get in your driveway, I want you to talk to me before you go in the house. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. He's like, I know something's going on. You need to tell me. I need you to be home before I tell you. So I told him, I told him that Skylar had taken his own life and that I needed my parents. And I don't remember, we didn't talk very long. Mm -hmm. We hung up and he had to tell my mom. And, um, 
I didn't talk to my mama all day. I, I called my pastor. My pastor was here um, with us for the day. Uh, you said he anointed Skylar? She anointed Skylar. She baptized him. And, and she, she, you know, when, when the boys were born and, and the kids were rebaptized, she baptized him. And then she, she anointed him as he left our house. I, I, she kept us in our bedroom as they took him out. He was, it was an incredibly long process to me. Um, I think I had every East Greenbush police officer here in my kitchen. Um, I had the rescue squad that of course we didn't need. I felt so sorry for the girls from the rescue squad because there was no need for them. We had, um, you know, the detective that met with us that, you know, whenever there's an unattended death, there, there was um, the forensic um, photographer that came in that knew Carter and Devin because his daughter goes to school with them. Oh, gosh. Um, it's like a family affair. It was. It was. And we had to wait for the coroner to get here. And some of the things were easy, easier than I think they should have been. Like, we knew... Skylar would be cremated. We, we weren't having a funeral service. We weren't walking behind a casket out of the church. No, no. Um, and, and as it turned out, after he was cremated, we left him at the church. <laughs> this is a bad story. Um, we left the ashes. We left the ashes in the prayer room at the church. The, 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 the pastor had a study, and then off of the study, she had a prayer room. She was um, into the you know, the scents and the oils and the, it was a very calming room, but I couldn't bring him home and I didn't know where to bury him. I, I, I didn't know, did I want to bury him in East Greenbush where I, not, I might not live in 20 years? Did I, did I want to put him in Cambridge where Sean's family's from, but we may never be back there either. I, I couldn't have him be a stone in a cemetery that nobody knew. Gosh, no. And, um, it, it, that was a that was a hard decision, and Sean and I talked about it a lot. And I talked to my dad, and we decided that we would buy the burial plot next to the plot that my parents have purchased for themselves. Oh, and that's nice. So he's buried in my hometown, and he'll, he'll oh. be his grandparents. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, and we buried him on his twenty fourth birthday. I remember seeing the photo you posted on Facebook when he was interred. Yes. And it was such a beautiful photo. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Um, we, um, we did it on his birthday, which I don't know how else we would have gotten through that day. Um, yeah. We, we did what he would have wanted. He would have had pizza and wings for his birthday. So we and had pizza and did. wings. Yep. Good. Good. Yep. I, I am very big on honoring funeral wishes. Cremate me put me in a tree and have a party. That's yeah. all I want is a party. And I'm going to yeah. make my own funeral mix for you guys to listen to. Well, we had a, we had had a, a, a memorial service for him with oh, that's nice. so many people. So, I mean, his, his first grade teacher was in the, was oh, in church. Gosh. I mean, he touched so many lives. He did an aviation maintenance program in high school with a BOCES program. And, and his, his teacher, John Maloney, came through the line and he could not even speak. He, oh. he, he was trying so hard, you know, not to cry, but it's so touching that he was there. Um, 
friends that Sean had in high school, his, their parents came. Um, and it, it was, it was um, everything we needed. And um, the, the people that worked at FedEx with him, they came and, and his boss, she cried so hard. Um, wow. And uh, through the service, I held meow. Um, Skylar was born in 95 and the Clintons were in the White House and they had socks, the White House cat and meow was socks, the White House cat that we had bought. Uh -oh. We were pregnant for him. And uh, he got very attached to socks when he realized that he could pull socks tail, but not our real cat's tail. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least I can pull one cat's tail. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, meow has been through, you know, the washing machine so many times. And, uh, I, you know, has, I have a, I have a panda bear that, that, that probably matches socks lifetime. And, and, um, and he named him meow, but before he had all the verbal skills, it was owl and then it was Mao and then it became meow. And um, uh, we took him to great escape when he was about three and he was riding a ride up there and he was screaming and he got off the ride and he was holding his cat and the attendant who was a grandmotherly lady said to him, was that you making all that noise? And he held up meow and he said no meow <laughs> <laughs> um That's sweet. But, but i held meow through the service and meow sleeps next to me on the bed at night he's um next to me at, at my dresser so that i can see him um that's awesome so now you've had a very helpful therapy with the compassionate friends network and you're going to tell me something about your grief hike? Yeah. So I want to talk about how you cope now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I hear that a lot and, and, and sometimes it's frustrating because I feel like what I need is not what my family needs. Um, we all but, grieve in our own ways. Right. Right. Yeah. But I need to set the example for my other children. I need to be strong for my husband. I need to be strong even for my mom. Yeah. And um you need to be strong for you too. You know that, right, Jenny? Right, right. But I, I you know, I, I need to I need to make sure that it's a balance. What are my needs compared to what are their needs to, you know, to make sure that um I'm not may... selfish in my grief. But I was selfish last summer. I had the opportunity to go to a retreat for women who had lost children and I went. It was three days, it was pretty structured. It was pretty emotional. It was pretty, um, it was, there were parents who had lost their only child. I felt so oh, lucky gosh. not to have lost my only child. There was a mom whose daughter had just started a recording career and has some beautiful songs that she has since um, recorded herself. Um, and what a legacy her daughter left her. I'm, I'm so happy to know her and I just love her music. Um, and, and so anyway, during this three days, there was a section where we were all supposed to go on a hike. Um, I'm a young mom who's lost a, a child. Um, I was the only one that wanted to go and there was no way that I was gonna be in the beautiful Adirondacks on this gorgeous lake and not go for a hike. I wasn't gonna go take a nap. I could do that any day. Yeah. So I started on this hike. I went into the main office and I got the map and they said the yellow route is the long route. The red route is the short route. And I had three hours. So I said, I'm going to do the yellow route. 
and I crossed the street and went into the forest and right away my journey starts with a buck the biggest buck I've ever seen running alongside me oh wow and um you know of course it doesn't last very long but he's there he starts with me and I start on this path the path is pretty easy it's like mown grass and then it's kind of a you know a trail path that looks pretty nice and it, it goes off to the right and I go off to the right with it and then it goes to the left uh as the yellow and red path split and I, I start I realize that they want me to climb up so I start climbing up the side of the mountain sort of like a spider monkey you know on my hands and feet and it's hot and I've climbed up a thousand feet and the next yellow marker is above me and I'm dripping with sweat and my water bottle is empty and I'm carrying my conference bag from the, from the uh, retreat. And um, I didn't have any idea what I was getting into. I wasn't dressed for it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't um, prepared to be this physical, but it went up and up and I'm looking at my Fitbit and I've gone up a thousand feet. And at one point I sat down on the rocks and I looked down and it was so steep that I knew I couldn't go backwards because I would fall. I had to keep climbing up. So I kept climbing up and eventually it it, it did turn a little bit to the left again and, and it wasn't straight up again. And so mm-hmm. um, the path wasn't so steep anymore. It started to level off. It was still hard. It was rocky. It was rooty. The, the markers were hard. At one point, I lost my, my way. I couldn't find my next marker. I had to go back to where I knew there was a marker. And I stood there, and I looked around, and I couldn't find the next marker from where I was, and I should be able to see it, you know, the yellow paint on the tree. It turned out it wasn't where I expected. Instead of being in front of me or below me, it was above me. And I had to start climbing up and I climbed up again and I kept on my hike. And then there was this huge red oak tree that was down in my path. And I knew the marker had to be somewhere on the other side of that tree. The tree was too big to climb over. And I decided I have to trust myself. I have to trust myself. So I went down around the tree, down around the roots, came back up the other side and found my markers and um, eventually the path started going downhill again. It went between the V's of the trees and it, it, it finally took me back out to where the grass was mowed. And I, I just sat there and cried because that hike is grief. That mountain I climbed, I couldn't go back down. I couldn't start over. It was always hard, but there were always signs in my way to help me move forward. And I learned on that hike that I have to trust myself and I have to, I, I, I'm going to be okay. I have a lot of years left. I have a lot of things left to do and I'm going to be okay. Yes, that's amazing. And, and, that, that, and may I say, Jenny, that's not being selfish. You being strong for yourself is never ever being selfish. You being strong for yourself is you being strong for yourself so you can be strong for everyone in your life but it's not selfish if you make your strength come first and i do get that but i i um i i also don't want to be selfish in what i take because like i said i don't want my kids to just live i want them to thrive i want to hear them laugh i want to i want to give them opportunities that but you do that by showing them that you're thriving. Yes, yes. You're not just surviving. You and, and firmly went into thriving past 
it's been 19 months now. No. I know. I mean, what's it going to be like at the two-year mark, you think? How, how much stronger do you think you'll be? I don't know. I think, um, I think, you know, as each year goes by and just like we did with Downton Abbey and establishing traditions, we'll establish new um, traditions and rituals that bring Skylar back into our lives. We've talked about him more during the COVID quarantine. I think the boys have had more time to miss him. Um, we've, we've settled on, you know, some people set a plate at the table for um, the holidays for their missing person. We, we've settled on um, a candlestick with his picture attached to it. Oh, um, that's nice. That's um, really nice. We've, um, you know, part of Skylar's, uh, Skylar loved his cats. He had two cats, one that is, um, let's just call him Rotund. Um, <laughs> Chonk is the word now. He was, he's huge. Um, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't run because his back legs won't move separately. Um, <laughs> um, and then he has a little girl named Lolly that, uh, that also slept with him every night. Oh, and, um, and, and so, yes, yeah, she's so named because, you know, where else are you going to get your adverbs from School of Rock? Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a big fan of the adverb because I'm a word nerd. But yes, <laughs> lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. Um, so, so um, you know, they are uh, quite special to us. Um, the How old are they? Um, the chunky kitten was what Skylar wanted for his 18th birthday. He wanted a kitten. Um, he also wanted to go to Hooters. So <laughs> it's an odd age. No, no boobs, just pussy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I got him the kitten and Sean took him to Hooters. <laughs> boobs and pussy. Fantastic. Good 18th birthday. <laughs> That's my boy. Um, oh, yeah. And, and Lolly is a couple years younger. Um, Aww, but the, the, um, Shady has moved out. He lives with a neighbor behind us who loves him to pieces and spoils him rotten and, and um, encourages his addiction to food. But he comes over and visits us. And, and when we brought Skylar's ashes home, he slept next to the ashes for two weeks um, oh, before gosh. we buried him. That's beautiful. Um, he, he's a beautiful cat. He's a smart cat. He just doesn't have any appetite control. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that's okay. Body positivity. Yeah, <laughs> he looks. He looks like he can't button his coat because he's got this V white on his belly. Um, <laughs> they're gonna be hard to lose because cats don't live forever. But oh, and but they're Skyler's cats. And they're Skyler's cats. Um, and, you know, um, we had a bad night last night. We had one cat that was sick in the night and the dog was up a couple times in the night. And, you know, Sean and I were up like three times with the animals. And, and so, you know, there are nights when we feel like we have babies in the house again. <laughs> it must be fun, though. It is at times, you know, and, and, and the stupid dog, you know, in 25 years together, we never had a dog. And, and... <laughs> What made you get a dog? I thought that the dog would be good for the boys for their 10th birthday, a, a high energy dog and boys needed a dog to bond with during their growing up years. And 
I didn't I do my Dalmatians. Well, you know, and he was he was kind of he was the bargain puppy. He was the he was the runt of the litter and um Oh, I love the runt of the litter. He's smart as a whip. Um, but he's he's I think he's also on the spectrum. He's very much into his schedule. He gets walked every day at six and every day at four. Um, <laughs> he knows that at seven thirty he gets his treat. Um and um you know hey routine is important it helps us survive it helps us thrive and you know what he was he was the this is so bad because i have children but he was the reason we had to get out of bed every day (laughs) we had to walk him no but that's good but see how how he helped you and sean you know yes Routine is very important. And I, I know I'm cliche, but I always say a clean space is a clean mind. Yeah. We, we had friends that helped us because my parents came and stayed with us. And um, I don't know, there was lots of people here. Um, and, and my friends came and they took his kennel and they took him and they took his toys and they just said, we're going to take your dog for a few days. And I don't remember why or what happened, but um, Sean and I needed to get out and we went to visit our friends um, to see our dog (laughs) while we had a house full of company and, 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 um, you know, while we had been to the, uh, to plan the funeral and, you know, that was what Sean wanted was to see the dog. (laughs) That's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, But yeah, see, I mean, I love how the dog has helped you guys. And, and, you know, they say, uh, you know, cats and dogs, they just, they help people in general. Yeah. When I'm feeling like shit, my cat will purr next to my head and he knows mama needs a purr, you know? Yeah. It's been, it's been good. But, but I think, I think, um, I think back to the boys and I think how often I cried in front of them and how often I had Carter's little hand on my shoulder or my arm. Um, and I, I think, um, what a thing for a child to go through to see, to lose a family member and then to see what the grief does to their parents. Well, and, and I think he's been amazing. Good. You know, he's only going to learn from this and it's going to give him such a better worldview. Yeah. He's going to be one of the, your kids are the most compassionate, caring people because, and they'll go through life like that. Yeah. Because they know. And he, you know, I worry about him because his, his reaction and, and the way that he has felt has stayed the same and that he feels safer without Skylar. And I, I can't blame him. Because he beat up on him. Mm-hmm. I can't blame and, him. And but I, I wonder how he'll feel about it years from now. Well, I think maybe as he gets into adulthood, he might realize, you know, that safe feeling uh because he probably just had a lot of triggers from Skylar's behavior. So he's slowly healing from those triggers and time does heal all wounds. So I think maybe when he gets older, he'll, he'll really miss Skylar for everything else and not even think of getting, you know, Yeah. he'll yeah. grow out of that. He was a good big brother, you know, and they were good little brothers. They were... <laughs> three of them together when you see pictures of the three of them together it's just so freaking precious yeah yeah it's adorable yeah are you guys gonna watch a goofy christmas movie this year i don't know um you know last year was was technically our second christmas without skylar but it felt like the first because yeah it had been 
you know, and there's stupid, like I said, there's stupid traditions that we've started. And, and one of the traditions that I did was I've always had a touchable Christmas tree. I've never had a Christmas tree that has ornaments the kids can't touch. I've never had to tell them no um, to investigating the Christmas tree. And, and, and part of that has been that they've got to pick out an ornament every year. And I have 23 ornaments for Skylar that he picked out. Oh. And, um, you know, um, it's very hard to get out those decorations and put up that tree. Yeah. Some of the ornaments that he picked out are ridiculous, like an eight inch cast iron airplane, you know. <laughs> um, That's awesome, though. <laughs> it doesn't really cast fit on a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, he, you know, um, you know, sometimes it was a disco ball. Sometimes it was a, a, a gaming controller. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about why he might have done this and if it was just a temper tantrum or if it was planned. I had a mug that I loved. It was my Albany mom mug. Aww. It disappeared. I don't know where it is. Um, I think he broke it. Oh, and he hid it from you and never told you. Yeah, I think, you know, I would bring it, I used it at work all the time. And, you know, when Marin went to college, she went to Geneseo where Sean and I started. Sean and I met there and it was was so cool. She went as a legacy student. She she went as a double legacy. A double Um, legacy, wow. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, you know, at at a more appropriate time, I'll tell you some stories about how that didn't work out well. (laughs) Yes, please. There's a, there's a, um, I accidentally sexted her professor story in there somewhere, but that's, <laughs> um, love you, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but he wanted us to be proud of him for being at Albany, and we were, and he bought me that mug and I loved it. And I didn't feel like I should stop using it because he wasn't at school. He was just taking a break and figuring things out. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's that's that's it with when somebody dies of suicide, you don't know. No. I mean, you you live on and then you you learn things to know yourself about about it. And he didn't leave a note. He didn't leave um he didn't he leave you gifts. That was the note. We um we took his phone away from him on on, on Saturday night and we didn't know his passcode and so we had a friend with a um with law enforcement who got into his phone for us and there was like six pictures on his phone he'd cleared it out he cleared it out ahead of time so I don't know oh wow you know um one one thing I learned when I was going through my ideation uh phase of life was uh when people do plan it you'll never know no no you'll never know they just don't it's when people are silent is when you really have to pay attention when someone's suicidal and um yeah sorry to bring that up I just I have my Uh, own I don't I I just I don't think I don't think we ever thought of him as suicidal I think yeah I think and sometimes you'll never know Mm -hmm. why someone is sometimes people just don't talk about it and but perhaps in his 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 words and the slaying of the dragon might have been uh have you read it a lot or i have not i um haven't been able to yet like i'm afraid that if i read it i'm going to find a character that i identify with that i see that he wrote after me 
<laughs> I'm not going to like it, um, but I will. I, I'm working on a master's program, and when my master's program is finished, I do want to read the book yeah. um, because it's not ours yet. I, I, um, I have time. Yeah, maybe when it's yours, we can talk about the book. We can have a little book club episode, and we can both read it. Yeah. And yeah. then we could talk about what kind of insights we had and stuff. I would love that. Right, right, right. Next I year. Think, I think a little distance is, is good before I do that. I think Sean feels the same way. Um, yeah, because as a writer, my pain comes out in my writing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the story is. It's from something from me. Yeah. It's bringing it forth. For me, writing is channeling myself. Yeah. Our counselor read it and he told us that it was it was really good that the the characters were developed in ways that he would have never imagined that Skylar would have been able to do and he he was very impressed with it. We we have neither one of us have been able to. No, you take your time. You yeah. do it. You don't even have to, you know. No. It's your choice always. But if you ever do, we could talk about it. I, yes. Yes. That'll be something that I probably do in the spring. No. Yeah. Now, I know we've talked about it a lot, um, but do you think autism and suicide awareness need to be more informative about how it affects people in the spectrum? Oh, I think... I, I had think, no idea until you told me. No idea. I think it definitely needs to be. Um, I would like to do something with that as part of his legacy. It's hard because you know, as you've said, it's so difficult to be the mother of a, a spectrum child, yeah. um, let alone to have this fact thrown at you. It's easy to think this isn't my child. I'm not going to be that 30% that loses my child to suicide. But, you know, in, in the last year, I've met two other women that have lost their child the same way. One of them lost their child on August 5th. Um, this, this, young man was the same age as Skylar. Him and Skylar had known each other at Hudson Valley when they were at college together there. He had moved to Tampa. He was also a big video gamer. That was his reality. Um, he had a lot of friends. He had a lot of, you know, from the gaming community, but maybe not a lot of depth um, to those friendships. I have another friend that, um, had struggled her youngest her second to youngest of her seven children was on the spectrum and had been in and out of their house was home for the holidays had an argument with the family refused to go to the movies with the family that morning and they came home and found that he had taken his own life oh. um, in their living room oh gosh and 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 so it is a reality that we have to look at not only the emotions that they know how to express and that they don't know how to express but somewhere along the lines we're missing something and we're losing our children and we have to plan to prevent it just as you put your child in a car seat in a seatbelt, we have to take similar measures to plan for their mental health in their early 20s so Jenny, you've also have had other friends with uh, sons in the spectrum that have taken their lives. How do you think we can connect the dots to come forward to, to get that 
realization that this needs to be looked at. Well, I, th I think one thing is that the, the data points are not being collected right now. I, I mentioned my friend that um, lost her son. Her, her death certificate for her son indicates that he died of a gunshot wound. Skylar's death certificate indicates that he died of, of asphyxiation. Um, my other friend's son died of drowning. Nowhere on those death certificates does it say that they died, um, that a contributing factor was Asperger's or that they had Asperger's as a comorbidity. Or, and, and I think that not collecting that data leaves us in the situation of only looking back. You know, you find out that these, that these yeah. kids died when you do studies later on and you say, okay, so this child graduated in 2013, where are they in 2023? Um, and, and that's, it's too late. We need to we need to start connecting those dots and 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 raising that awareness that that um, that Asperger's and, and high functioning autism has a higher rate of suicide in those early 20s for um, for these people. And and I, I you know I, I can kind of understand with Skylar he he must have had a very hard time filling out things like. Uh, rental application or or uh, job application or anything like that. And he had definite deficits in his fine motor skills, and they would have been clear in those presentations. Yeah, I. <clears throat> so you think cognitive brain disorders definitely are comorbidities, as you said. I think when you see studies that say, and the studies that I've seen have said anywhere from 31 to 37 percent um, higher rates of suicide. Um, that's a huge number. That's a number that would have scared the pants off of me had I known it before my son died. But the only way they're finding that out is by these look back studies. You know, yeah. And again, you scared the shit out of me about that. And you said it was mostly boys. And in fact, mostly boys get autism more than girls. Uh, in fact, in, in my te Morgan's teachers, they still call me like sometimes just to talk to her now. And when she started school, they were like, finally, a girl. So it's, first of all, it's, it's scary to think about that it's gender specific, but it's scary to think about it as in a general aspect too, like, can this affect my daughter as well? Right, right. Well, and, and I'll say too that my sister is a special education teacher and, and her, her students are in the, in the 16 to 19 range. And um, this has definitely changed how she teaches. It's not something that special edu education teachers are taught about or thought about. Um, they're more in the here and now. They're more about maximizing the time they have with the kids in their classroom and getting on to the next set of kids. And, and that might be cold, but if nobody is making them aware that this is what's happening as they get out on their own, how are they going to address it? Yeah, maybe we have to make a big, big, big thing petition online, send things to legislators, you know? Yeah, we connect it, connect it for us and, and, and prevent rather than families gone through. Yeah, like, can we forget about the anti-vax shit about causing autism and think about the actual things that autism can cause, like a higher suicide rate? Mm -hmm. Let's link that. Let's, we, we can all think of ways to link that in our own way. You said you're talking to one of the politicians in your area. Yes, yes, um, I have talked to um, our, our one of our politicians, um, one of our uh, our House of Representative member, and 
you know, Skylar's class went to see him in eighth grade and was in the first picture with Paul Tonko that he had from his constituents going down to Washington to see him. And, you know, he's such a, he's such a concerned and nice man. And I saw him at the the suicide awareness walk. And I, I, I took the time to introduce myself and, and tell him my, my story and our connection. And I need to, I need to strengthen those connections. I need to figure out how to do it. And I need to have that be what we as his parents do for his legacy. Um, yeah, please, uh, if I can get involved, please tell me what I can do. I have yes. a voice and I, I have a keyboard. I can yell across the hills for you. Yeah, and, and right now it's just it's just us putting one foot in front of the other and that's about all we yeah. can handle. And as we as we get away from this a little further, Hopefully we'll we'll have a better a better approach to what we're doing and 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 do it in a more effective way. So yeah. definitely something that we've been talking about and, and working on, and hopefully we'll be able to do something with it the spring. Yeah, and and once you uh, you and Sean, I think it's great that you're taking baby steps to be very organized about the whole thing, and you know, especially with what you're going through emotionally. And I think you'll both come up with something that not only honors Skylar, but honors everyone it was suffering from any yeah. suicidal ideations or struggling with suicidal ideations on the spectrum. Suicide on the spectrum, that's, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not. And I, and I think just like, you know, gamblers are recognized as, as, as having a higher rate of suicide and, and Gamblers Anonymous works with that, that, that we need to do that with, with our group. I agree with that. Yeah. So, and when you and Sean do come out that, believe me, we'll, we'll get it heard. And, you know, I won't shut up until then. Yeah. I, I am a big proponent of that. I mean, I, I tried to parent my children with as much love and understanding and encouragement as possible, but you know, I am a mom. I can be a bitch. I, yep. I, yeah. and, and sometimes our decisions aren't what other people think they should be, but they're not living our reality. Exactly. No. You, you know, unless you're in my shoes, then right, you right, no say. Right. Um, luckily, my older is uh, she's she's like my mom. She's studious. I don't even have to tell her to do her homework. She's always on the honors list. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Um, but um, that's my daughter. My my daughter. You know, there was a point when Skylar was her older brother, and then there became a point when she was the older sibling. She was the more responsible one. I remember one point they took the Amtrak train up to my parents, and they could go on the train because Skylar was old enough to be in charge of both of them. But in reality, it was Marin who was in charge. It's a gorgeous name, by the way. May I ask how you named your children real quick? I mean, oh. Carter, Devin, Skylar, Marin. <laughs> they, they were all rhymes. I love it. <laughs> well, um, you know, Skylar uh, was a gender neutral name. Yes. Um, kids are gender neutral name too. <laughs> and it came from I'm embarrassed to admit it. It came from the name of the apartment building where he was conceived. <laughs> ah, it. You're like, like, like the Beckhams. They named one of their kids Brooklyn. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but, but, but Skylar's older than Brooklyn. Um, oh, but Skylar's a gorgeous name. I mean, Skylar is a gorgeous name. Yeah. And, and I wonder, I wonder um, right now in Albany with the race relations and everything, the the um, the Philip Schuyler Monument. Um, Schuyler was a founder of Albany. Um, 
Skyler's daughter Eliza married Hamilton, uh, Alexander Hamilton, um, but he was also a slave owner. So his statue, who, which has always been um, between the Albany um, City Hall and the state capitol, was taken down. I wonder how Skyler would feel about his name right now. Um, well, it has yeah. nothing to do with that slave owner. So I would hope that he'd be able to logic that out. Like yeah. I was named after where I was conceived. And it's yeah, a funny I don't know story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like I'd rather have the funny story than the slave owner. And I'm glad that statue's down, by the way. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've re I've been to all, I mean, I'm in Albany a million times a year. I'm like, what statue? If you've, if you've ever been down to the Capitol, you've seen it. it oh, yeah. It, it was a big um, a statue with a man on a horse. Oh, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah, A white man on a horse. Yeah, um, white and, men on horses. And, and I, all of them. Yeah, and I think it did come down. I, I think I fall on the side of, it was our history. It was how we were founded. But on the other hand, white people have definitely benefited by keeping other people down oh hell yeah um, and oh. and I, and i um i just like i said i wonder what he would have thought of that right now my daughter yeah <laughs> was supposed to be a boy her name was going to be mclaren sean um she, oh. she um not only was she late but she also wasn't a boy so <laughs> um so she's named after uh, my grandfather merle and um Oh, it's so pretty. One of my favorite cousins, whose name is an old Irish Gaelic name. Her name is Starin. Um, oh. S-E-E-R-R-I-N. I love that name. So between Merle and Starin, we took the first three letters and the last three letters and came up with Marin. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's so unique. I love unique names. My kids are, have unique names, too. Yeah, yeah. And then Carter and Devin, they're going to be like... They're going to be like the Sprouse kid twins. They're going to well, be like Disney stars. and. Well, here's the thing with, <laughs> Devin, with the C and D, um, sometimes they're just chaos and destruction. And when we're really <laughs> at them, they can be constipation and diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Devin is Irish for poet. Aww. And, um, and Carter... Um, was the next name in the baby book after Carson and Sean didn't like Carson but he said what's the next name so we settled on Carson. <laughs> <laughs> I love baby naming stories all four of those are wonderful so but it was hard because we uh you know for a long time the, the uh I always think of Devin as the first one he was the first one that was named but for a long time his name was going to be Finn Car Devin wanted or Skyler wanted to name him Finn after the the, the Jaws movie Oh my God! See now, my all oh my my teenager, she's Fenny. She's named after. You're gonna love this because this combines your story. She's named after um, the character of Fenchurch from the Hitchhiker's Guide books because uh -huh. Fenchurch was conceived in Fenchurch train station. And in the book, her brother calls her Fenny and she hates that. But I was pregnant with Fenny when I was reading it. And I'm like, I love that. So then since my co-parents Irish and they have insanely Irish last names, we're like, oh, it's after Fenola or Fen the Great, the great warrior, Fenicis or whatever. Right, right. So Carter's named after the famous 
president that's celebrating his 74th wedding anniversary today. He does. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, we well, we love Jimmy Carter. That man is a that man is a he, thriver. Come he is now. he is uh oh, oh man if we could go back to that. It's funny because he's one of the first presidents I remember. Um, I remember when he was elected and I remember when he lost the election. You know, I I've, he was probably my first uh, political statement. <laughs> awesome but uh but but carter's name doesn't have um you know skylar's name was significant to us we wanted something that was uh gender neutral and we had talked yeah. about a lot of names and and that was what we came up with and skylar's middle name is jerome with a g because there's no j in the italian alphabet so yeah so um so my last question to you and you take as long as you want to answer obviously what advice or solace that you've learned that uh, can you offer to other grieving parents? Um, I think things that you've already said um, are important. I think to be patient with yourself. I think to reach out and form those connections. Um, I've, I've gotten two, um, maybe three books that have been um, really good lifesavers for me. Um, one is um, Islands in the Desert. Okay. I've got the name of it right. Um, it was written in the 30s, and it's a daily devotional. There is some scripture to it, but there's also some um, philosophy in it. Um, I've had a couple of different grief books. Um, th these daily affirmations um, help. Um, and I've pushed yeah. myself. I, I have not, but I've pushed myself. Um, some of the things that were really, really hard in that first year were things that took care of me. It was hard to go back to my OBGYN, the one that delivered all four of my children oh, and have my annual checkup and her not know that my child was dead. Oh, um, my God. I cried all the way through it, but I also knew if I didn't push myself and do this, it might be five or six years before I got up the nerve to find another doctor. Yeah. And, and that, that's important. I, you know, I don't want to be the mom that dies of cervical cancer because she wouldn't. I was going to say, you know? once again, vag health is, it's not selfish for vag health. Everybody take care of your vag. Yeah. It, 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 but it was hard. It was really, yeah, really hard. Um, I can't imagine. I, I went to, um, I went to a yoga class the, on uh, on New Year's Day after Skylar had died. So literally less than two months, two weeks later, I cried all the way through my yoga class. And the yoga instructor was understanding. And I said, "Look, you just need to let me cry. I can't stop it. But I need to be here. I need to breathe. Yeah. I need to do this." Um, I'm a big proponent of crying. Crying is releasing. It is. It is. And, and, you know, there are always going to be things that are hard. My niece just got married and because of COVID, we couldn't be there. And I was angry. I was so angry with her. You know, she took me being at her wedding away from me. And already Skylar took all that away from me. And, and I was angry with her, but I knew it was me. I know that I'm the one that has to, you know, put it back into perspective her decisions are her decisions and my decisions are how I feel about them I'm okay with with being angry with her um but rationally does she deserve my anger 
of course not but I got to give myself some time and do that and I, I and I'm exactly. going I'm going to do that I'm going to give myself some time to feel the way I, I, I need to Skylar had a friend send us a Christmas card this year it was from somebody who works in Miami-Dade County in Florida it was a wonderful letter of, to Skylar and it meant so much to have a connection back to him yeah. um, that, that those things are always going to be things I treasure and 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 cherish and um I wish I had a little more of that from his friends but I understand you know yeah I mean everyone's grieving in their own way and, yeah. and it's lovely yeah. that they can send yeah. you stuff when they can and the support you get yeah and, and I guess the other thing I would say is that you know there's a there's a concept in in um with your Jewish heritage you might know this better than I do the uh, circle of etching the circle of etching. No, I'm a bad Jew. I was raised reformed. And then after my bat mitzvah, my parents said, you could be whatever you want. And I said, I'm a witch. And they said, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so the idea is uh, the circle of etching is that if somebody in your circle is, is, is taking away from you when you need to be built up, that you don't have to let them back in your circle. You can oh, tighten like your circle. There is one um, thing I do uh, take. There's a Hebrew saying, tikkun olam, which means heal your part of the world. And I do take a lot of uh, cultural Jewish things within my spirituality because it is part of me. So, Yeah. And, and we've held to that circle of etching. If, if you haven't yeah. been there to help us grieve or, or you have not not to help us grieve as much as if you if you've needed more from us than we can give we're we don't need you we just don't you know if if you need me to build you up and and recognize your loss over my own i I don't need you in my circle and i'm not exactly cut the toxic out mm -hmm. if people don't support you like you support them they're gone yep 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 and and we've we've had we've had a, a a close family member that that has not been supportive or understanding of how hard this has been for for Sean and I, and and we have you closed her out. On that. Mm-hmm. Good, good, because your and Sean's healing and grieving is more important than the selfishness of even close family. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, um, I appreciate you letting me answer that question. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, I want you to keep talking, Jenny. I mean, is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to offer? Not, not that I can think of. We've talked a lot. I'm glad we got to talk about having uh, children with autism. Yeah. I, I, I haven't really talked to many people about that. In fact, Steph and I, a future episode we'll have is about talking about her adult autism. Yeah. Yeah. She's, so. she's um she's pretty amazing and and um because of a situation with her housing she lived with us for about six weeks and moved out about three weeks before Skylar died and yeah we talked about that and she had um she had a a a good relationship with Skylar she would talk to him in the kitchen at night when they both got home because they were both night workers and you know I tried to stay out of it and let him have his friendship and build his own friendship with her but what an amazing thing to see you know and she's just so amazing to begin with. <laughs> I know. She's she's my best friend. She was the first episode of Lady Mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I wanted Steph. And, uh, you know, Steph and I talked. And um, when you and I had first 
decided to do this episode. I, I texted Steph. I'm like, Jenny and I are going to talk. It's going to be hard. And and then, her, you know, her and I talked about how she was there right before. And I'm, I'm like, I, I can't imagine. Can you imagine what would have happened if you were there when? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, we don't want to speculate, but I, I just... It's, it's well, I, I mean, nothing against Stephanie, but I can tell you what would have happened if she was here. Oh, yeah, She's what? Still done in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, said that one, well, she'll hear it. <laughs> um, Stephanie has given us some amazing gifts. She has, um, oh, yes, I want to, with your permission, uh, if yes. I may post. Yeah, portrait. yeah. Um, he she did a portrait of him from his senior portrait. But I have pictures of uh, that she has um, artwork that she did of Skylar and Marin when they were about two and four, and um, pictures of Skylar and Marin and Devin Carter when the boys were babies that she has made me that hang in my living room and are my you know my prized possessions of oh yeah you know there's such beautiful works of art only superseded by how beautiful the subjects are oh of course uh stephanie when i gave birth to fanny stephanie uh took a picture someone took of me holding her in the hospital bed and stephanie just turned it into a little eight by ten of me and my baby as fairies with feathers and yes, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's, it's that, that's been hanging in, in this house. It well in my heart home for <laughs> almost 15, 14 years now. Like yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. is an amazing. And those are amazing gifts. If anybody's ever out there thinking about what to get their mom. Yeah, <laughs> a portrait, an artist portrait of themselves and their children. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I mean, once we uh, end the recording here with your permission, I'll ask to post some of those pictures yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Jenny, um, from all of my heart, thank you so much for sharing this. I mean, I I've I feel very calm and and healed from this, and I. I love that you shared your story and I, I just, I hope that you've healed from it and you continue to heal throughout this for the rest of your life and always stay strong. And, or, I mean, not always stay strong. Sometimes you're not going to be strong, but just seek us out when you're not strong. Yes, I definitely will. And it's good that we've made this connection. I, I, I too feel quite calm right now. I, I, um, I, 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 feel like this was important to do for him I do too you know everything's going to be in Skylar's honor when you know when you air I'm gonna yeah. just post all Skylar and it's um you know that's the hard thing there you know it's, it's hard um one of the things we struggled with and, and I know we're wrapping up but just to throw it out there was that I didn't want to make a shrine in my house to Skylar I didn't want the boys to think that what he did was something to be honored but I want them to know that he is someone to be honored and to separate the two of them was very difficult. I think that's brilliant. Um, and then I'm glad that you found the, the fine line between it because if, you know, you hear stories, parents make a shrine to their child's room and you can't touch anything, but you, instead of that, and it walls, it alienates and instead you have, you guys make up your own traditions for Skylar and your own, you know, your own placements and your own little things. 
and that means he's everywhere and he, he, he can be touched anywhere, you know? Yes, yes. That's important. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. I love you very much. I love you too. Thank you. All right. I'm going to stop recording because I'm going to cry. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this very important episode. We hope you've got as much out of it as we have. favorite tv show what's your favorite movie do you think the godfather is overrated then you've tuned into the right place i'm shane i'm josh i'm chancellor and we're the mighty motion picture rangers in-depth discussions on movies and tv there's interviews commentaries and more top 10 lists than you can imagine it's all available at the mighty motion picture rangers available wherever you get your podcasts also available at that's not canon productions.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.